Lately here on Chronically Cultivating, we have been talking about a lot of big things. We've been talking about God's faithfulness and his goodness. We've been talking about the need for prayer, the importance of prayer and community and fellowship. We've talked about worshiping through suffering and why God allows things to happen. And we've discussed who we are and who God created us to be. If you've known me for any length of time, you know that I love celebrating with confetti. I joke that confetti is my love language, but honestly, that is extremely accurate. (laughs) Um, There have been many times that I have been asked, Cassie, why do you feel the need to celebrate with confetti? Why is it so important to celebrate all the victories? Not just the big ones, but the tiniest ones. And to be fair, my husband has also been asking, Cassie, why? Why do we need so much confetti? (laughs) But truly, this confetti story, or whatnot, the origin of this whole thing, is quite interesting. And if God wasn't God, it probably wouldn't look like this. So today, I want to talk about confetti. I want to talk about celebrating every tiny victory And I also want to talk about why I always feel the need to have emergency confetti poppers on hand. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So in case you're new around here, I'm Cassie, and I have a progressive chronic illness, uh, which is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and I was diagnosed 13 years ago, and my whole life has drastically changed. Between the comorbidities that come with EDS uh, for me and the journey that I have been on and the decline that has happened, it's pretty easy to feel like there's nothing good. It's very easy to sit back and say, there's nothing to celebrate, there's no good, which is why I want to talk about this topic today and I want to share with you how I went from feeling like there was nothing good about life and nothing to celebrate to throwing confetti over the smallest of things. Something that I've thought about a lot is there are so many people that talk about the good old days, right? And I feel like everyone's always like, I wish we knew that we were in the good old days when we were in them. And the truth that I've found is that we are actively able to live in the good days when we are looking for God's faithfulness and his goodness. Now, I am not a positive, happy-go-lucky person. I think that's really important for you to know. I am the glass half empty kind of girl, which may surprise you, but that is the truth. I can't stand toxic positivity or what we call in the chronic illness community a positivity prescription where you are processing something and grieving something and people just say, you don't have it that bad as this person or just get more sunshine, smile more, all sorts of things that are not helpful. 
when you're in the midst of grief and suffering and hurt. And I've worked really hard over the past couple years to just come to understand that I can worship the Lord in all things. And I, that includes my brokenness and my suffering. In this journey, I have found that we see the good when we look for it. And it's really, really easy to not look for it. It's really easy to be bitter. It's really easy to be negative and it's really easy to complain. But it's much harder to look at something and see the good first. When I look in the mirror, the first things that I notice are not the good things. I look at life that way. And only the Lord can change our heart to look for the good, but it's something that we have to train ourselves to do because we are in a world that is not perfect. We're not in the garden anymore. We are waiting for perfection until we get to heaven. And that's a great, God is perfect and he created us to be in his image, which is why we love perfection. We love the idea of perfection, but we are never going to be able to reach it here, which leaves us consistently disappointed and underwhelmed. One of the things that I think has happened over the years, especially in this day and age with social media, is that we all, I think, think about other people too much. We judge people very quickly and know that I am speaking truly to myself in this too. I am not calling anyone out. I am calling myself out right now. And it's really easy to mistake someone's celebration or joy for complete and total happiness and resolution of something. I think we see joy exclusively for people who aren't suffering. And I think that when we see people who are joyful, we assume that their lives must be going great and everything is going perfect. But that is so untrue. I've gotten a comment multiple times that I've heard that I'm too joyful to be sick. Or that I must not be as sick as I say I am because I throw confetti and I look for the good and I do my best to see God in everything. Now that is different than positivity because as I said, I am a glass half empty kind of person. It drives Jared crazy because he is a glass half full just guy. But it's great because we need one another to balance one another out. But I am more likely to be hesitant and cautious with my hope and my joy than some other people may be. But the truth is that our joy doesn't come because everything is perfect. Our joy comes because we love the one who is perfect. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast how I have been doing a deep dive study into the Psalms as I am personally working on learning how to worship through suffering. I think what's so beautiful about the Psalms is how honest David is. He lays it all out there for God. Every emotion is found in the book of Psalms. And I noticed something as I was reading through Psalm 13, because this is a Psalm where David really goes to the Lord and asks him that question, why 
me. And if you want to hear me dive into the why me question, I truly encourage you to go back to episode six. It is probably one of my favorite episodes that has ever come out. So if you're looking to dive into that question of why me, I would definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it already. But David is asking this question and is basically in my mind saying, why me, Lord? Why are you allowing this? And at least answer me, even if the answer is a no, because I am shaken up. But then in the last two verses, it's, he talks about how, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your faithfulness. I'm going to celebrate your faithfulness because you are a good God. And this helped me take a step back because I realized when I was reading it that someone could easily say, what you're going through must not be that bad, David, because you end up praising God at the end. Yet on social media and other places, I wonder if that psalm was posted. Let's say David had a social media account, right? And he posted this prayer. Do you think that someone might have looked at it and said, you're too joyful to be that upset over that issue. You can't be that broken and be that blessed. How can you look at the Lord and say, why me? Why are you allowing this? But celebrate his faithfulness. Because when I read this psalm, those were not the questions that came into my mind. The questions that came into my mind were, wow, that is amazing that David brought those honest thoughts and emotions right to the Lord. And he was able to say, I am broken over this issue, but I know that you are a good God. And I don't know that I'm going to know the answer or that I'm going to see the resolution that I'm looking for on this side of heaven, but I know that you're a good God. What it made me think of is, and pray, honestly, that the Lord would help me celebrate and remember all that he does and count everything as a victory and give me strength to stand firmly in your joy in times of trouble. In times where there is nothing for me to be joyful about in the world's eyes, give me joy. Which is why I say we need to fight to see the good. And that's what I believe that David was doing here. Because it starts out in Psalm 13, 1 saying, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day having sorrow in my heart. And then in verses five through six, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. One translation says your faithful love. My heart rejoices in your deliverance. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So there are a couple things that are happening here. He is saying, all this is going on and Lord, I really don't understand and I'm really mad, but I know that you are faithful. I know my heart is already rejoicing knowing that you are going to deliver me from this struggle. And it may not be here on earth, but I know that you're going to bring it. And he says, so I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I thoroughly believe that David was fighting to see the good. He had every reason to look at everything and say, there's nothing good here. There's no point. He even says, look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. I'm not gonna lie. That's a pretty dramatic thing to say. 
Lord, answer me and bring some brightness into my life or I would rather just sleep in death. I would rather lay down and die. But that is how he felt. That's a way that we can see that he was so grief stricken that he would rather die than keep going without something changing. But at the end, he fights to see the good. And that can be so hard. I do believe that when David was saying this, I'd imagine that tears were running down his face as he said, but I trust in you. The truth is that you can grieve and be grateful at the same time, just like you can be brokenhearted and blessed. Joy is not exclusive to when life is going right. It's actually the opposite of that. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is an attribute. It is a gift. It is something that the Lord gives us. When we say the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I just, man, I wish that you were sitting in front of me and I could grab your hands and that I could say, friend, know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because the joy that is being discussed in that verse is the type of joy that no circumstance, no illness, no diagnosis, nothing can take that joy. Seeing and celebrating the good does not invalidate your hurt. You can throw confetti and miss the life that you used to have. And I think somehow we've made it out to be that when we are happy or joy-filled, celebrating, rejoicing in victory, it's really easy to miss the struggle. It's really easy for that to appear to be invalidating, but it's really not. There is nothing that is more validating than God's glory and his faithfulness and his goodness. I would think that if I'm looking at somebody and I am seeing them actively live out the joy of the Lord as their strength, that to me validates God, that validates God's goodness because only Jesus could give us the strength to celebrate as our bodies fail us. One of the reasons that I also think we struggle to see the good is if we let ourselves believe that we're responsible for that good. And friends, being responsible for our own joy is exhausting. Being responsible for our own peace is discouraging. Being responsible for our hope is frustrating. Because when we feel that we are responsible for our own joy and peace and hope, we're doing a job that we are not equipped for. We are not meant to take on that burden. Because I don't know about you, but that's too hard for me. Forget it. If I'm responsible for my own joy, no, there's going to be no joy. But he didn't make me responsible. He allows me to receive it. He allows me to live in it, but I'm not responsible for making it. And when we let that burden and that stress and that pressure go, it's so much easier to see the good because it's all around us. And for some reason, we just have this lie that we've all come to believe that his faithfulness is dependent on us. And that is just 
not true. Because God's faithfulness, goodness, hope, strength, love, peace, all of those things is not dependent on your ability to stay positive. It's not. Yep, you heard me say that right. God's goodness, faithfulness, hope, and strength, and love, and peace is not dependent on your ability to stay positive. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus. In a world where we see celebrating and joy, we automatically link those to the things that make us happy and we link those to the things of, you know, seeing people with hundreds of likes on their pages and who have the perfect house and no illnesses and all these other things. And we say, well, they're joyful because they have everything. But friend, you have everything too. I have everything. But we only have everything if it's in Jesus. You know, the day that I realized that my ability to stay positive had nothing to do with God being faithful was quite a victorious day because the pressure was taken off. If I have a bad attitude, he's still going to be good. If I'm looking at the world glass half empty, he's still good. And I don't deserve it. None of us do. But he gives it to us anyways because he's God and he's good. And that's why celebrating is so important to me. I know I promised you at the beginning of this episode that I would tell you why I celebrate with confetti. It all started in 2019. It started when I officially became too sick, for lack of better words, to work. We had to close our business and I transitioned to a life at home of taking care of my body as my full-time job. There was so much brokenness and grief there. It was drowning me. I started to feel like there was nothing good anymore. And it's okay that I felt that way. I needed that time to grieve. But I I clung so closely to him. I worked out my anger and my grief and brokenness with him right beside me. I had done it without him before and it didn't go well. So I decided I'd do it with him and it was the best decision that I ever made. I started feeling like all my days were blurring together. I started feeling like, I know this sounds dramatic, but I started to feel like life wasn't worth living. If I just was every day getting up to take care of my body, then what's the point? Why am I going to keep doing this? So I got this idea. It came from the Lord. It didn't come from anyone else. I give him full credit. It didn't come from just me sitting around thinking. The Lord put it on my heart to start writing down one tiny victory every day. And this was back in July of 2019. You'd see it in my power sheets. And I have this uh, this log in the back of my power sheets. And every day I wrote down one tiny victory of the day because I wanted to see the good. And they were not big things. I am talking tiny, minuscule things. Like I showered today. I was able to eat two meals as I normally only am able to eat one a day. Or I got some sunshine. We watched a movie, got takeout. I mean, whatever it was, it were little itty bitty things because I wanted to be able to look back on my days and say, even if I got nothing accomplished that I had intended to, I want to be able to look back and say, well, I still accomplished 90 things. Because I do these um, pages in in a quarterly fashion, so in 90 days. And my heart started to change. 
I started to see the good. And once I started to see the good, it was popping up everywhere. Gratitude just filled me. But it's really, really important that you know that it did not stop my grief. It did not make my grief easier. To this day, celebrating every tiny victory does not change how much this hurts. It does not change the future that I'm looking at medically. It does not change the hardship or the struggle. But I can balance that by focusing on what is good. And confetti kind of just happened. I have always loved confetti as a kid, celebrating. And my sister and I had confetti wars on our birthdays. It was, it was a whole thing. Um, and who could run into the other's room fastest and dump confetti on one another that would we'd find in our rooms and everything that we had for weeks and weeks and weeks. But the thing is that I've been celebrating, as I said, every tiny victory since July of 2019. And at first, it wasn't a celebration. It was more so an intentional observation. But as I got sicker, especially in 2020, I faced a lot of disease progression that I was not prepared for, and I did not have a lot of things to celebrate. I just didn't. Right now, currently, I do not have a lot by the world's standards and expectations to celebrate. Things are actually really hard, immensely hard. But what's happened to my heart over the past year and a half since I've started doing this is that I'm learning one of the ways that we can worship him is by celebrating his goodness, by acknowledging it and celebrating it. I think it's not often that we, you know, think of celebrating his goodness. We appreciate it. We see it in gratitude. But celebrating, we're all kind of, I guess, I feel like everyone's always saving their confetti, so to speak, their emotional confetti. They want to wait till it's something big so they can do it right and be super excited. But the thing is that I've learned that each day is a gift. I know that tomorrow my body may not be able to do the things that I did today. I know what it is like to almost die. I know what it is like to be looking ahead at your life and seeing nothing worth looking forward to in regards to your health. I do know what that's like. But because I know that living is a gift, I want to celebrate that. And I want to celebrate the good so that when I look back on those good old days, I can say I lived in those days. I celebrated the good in those days. So those were the good old days, but today is also a good old day, right? And throwing confetti became an act of worship. Yeah, I know. An act of worship. I said that. You did hear that correctly. Because that is me choosing joy. Joy is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. Because his joy, the joy of the Lord that is our strength, that kind of joy is not based on circumstances or anything else. It is solely based on the goodness of God the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the crazy love. That is the joy that we're celebrating. And it's gotten to the point where 
I keep emergency confetti on hand. I have a box of confetti that is super accessible in my desk. I have confetti poppers in my desk drawer. I have three extra because you never know when you're going to need them. I have a full-on confetti cannon hidden under my desk. And I have couch confetti (laughs) that is next to me so that if I'm sitting on the couch and I need some confetti, I have it. And I even have some up by my bedside because I never know when I'm going to need it. And I throw confetti for big things and small things because that's how I fight to see the good. And not just see the good, but live in the good. Because I've just gotten to a point in my life where I don't know how many big things I'm going to celebrate. Because I don't know necessarily that I'm going to lot I'm going to have a lot of the big celebrations that most people have. And that's okay. So what do I do? Well, take a shower, confetti. Went out and got some sunshine, confetti. Notice God's goodness and his faithfulness, confetti. Celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, sending some encouragement to other people, confetti. Podcasting, confetti. Changing out um, and like reaccessing my port and being stabbed with a three quarter of an inch needle, confetti. Are you getting my point? There is so much that we can celebrate and it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. In all reality, it's going to confuse people because when we allow the joy of the Lord to become our strength, it's surprising and it doesn't always make a lot of sense, but it doesn't matter because I know that I'm celebrating his goodness and that is how I choose joy. I choose joy by looking and celebrating what my body can still do while I can do things. Because there's a good chance, as I said, that I'm going to wake up tomorrow or in a week or a month or a year and not be able to do the things that I was able to do today. And so I want to celebrate what I can do and what God has given me right now. Because that way I know that, yeah, I'm living in the good old days right now. And what I'm saying is that God is still good and you can choose joy in everything. So when I say I worship the Lord in all things, I mean it. And I love to worship him by celebrating with confetti. There is no victory too small to celebrate. Because here's the thing, friends, I'm not fighting to beat this diagnosis because I know that I can't. This is going to be a lifelong battle. And that's something that I can't fight. But I can fight for the good days. I can fight to savor God's goodness. And I can fight through even the hardest of things to give it to him as an act of worship because of his goodness. I hope that someone says to you, man, you're too joyful to be that fill in the blank. You're too joyful to be sick. You're too joyful to be grieving. You're too joyful to be walking through that suffering. That is a compliment. And I'm not saying that to make you feel better or to make me feel better. I'm saying that because it's true. What David did here when he asked and was so straightforward with the Lord and honest in his anger and his grief, and he was still able to say, but I trust you. I know you're faithful. And I'm going to look for the good and I'm going to actively fight for it by sitting here and speaking to my doubt. 
Because every time that we fight to see the good and every time that we fight to see his faithfulness, we are allowing the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Speaking to our doubt and our disbelief and our disappointment is hard. But we have to keep doing it because as the world and ourselves say, this is too hard, this is too much. Lord, why is this happening? I'm not strong enough for this. This is too hard. When we say those things and then we say, but God, I know that you are good. I know you are faithful and I know that you are going to get me through this. You are going to give me everything I need to face each day that comes. That is fighting to see the good. And fighting to see the good isn't easy. I have had times where I have sat in my quiet time and I have said, Lord, I am not grateful for a thing. I am not celebratory for anything. This is the worst. I can't believe this. I'm unhappy. I am dissatisfied and I don't want to do this anymore. I typically stop myself and I do. I recount his faithfulness and his goodness. And there are times that I've actually written in my Bible where I have written a list of things that I'm angry with him about. And I just decide and I say, you know what? I don't feel grateful. I don't feel joyful, but I'm going to list all these things that you've done and how good you are. And I may get to the end of that list and I'm, I, I don't feel better. It's not this instant quick fix, but what it does do is it helps train my heart to bring everything straight to Jesus. And then on top of that, it helps me create a response that I don't even have to think about anymore, that when I come to him and I bring everything to him, that I remember his goodness. It's not going to change the situation that I'm in most likely, but it is going to change my heart. And it's going to help me focus my heart on the good. You see, we all have an opportunity to allow joy to be our testimony. And when people ask that question of how are you so joyful and so sick or whatever is in there for you, because I don't know that sickness is necessarily your struggle, but everyone struggles with something. Everyone struggles to choose joy. And I'm joyful and filled with his joy because God's goodness is greater than my illness. And I hope that one day you are going to be able to say the exact same thing. And it's okay if you don't feel that way right now because honestly, a couple years ago, I never would have believed you if you told me that I would be saying these things right now. Again, it's a testament to God's goodness. You see, there are so many things that I used to take for granted because I had no idea, truly no idea, how important those little things were. And when I had all the big things stripped away and life didn't look anything like I had ever imagined, I started to appreciate the little victories. Now, I do still celebrate the big ones, but I noticed the little ones. For instance, I love the bay window in this office where I'm sitting right now. I love being able to see the tree in our front yard. 
I dog watch. Yes, you heard that right. I watch all the dogs in our neighborhood walk by on a regular basis. And I love doing that. That brings me joy. That is something that I am grateful for. There are days that I have not been able to brush my own teeth. And so when I get to brush my teeth on my own, I am thrilled about that. The little things matter. Because remember, God is not just the God of the big things. He is the God of all things. And that includes the small. Don't be afraid to let joy be your testimony. Because not only does that just show the goodness of God in the greatest way possible in my mind, it also leaves room for conversation. And it's fun. Who doesn't want to be filled with joy? Granted, it's a choice and it's hard, but it's so good. It's so good. So I want to encourage you to get some emergency confetti poppers. Use them often. I have thrown confetti over big, exciting things, and I have thrown confetti over being able to shower because I, I know that I can throw confetti and miss the body that I used to have and the things that I used to be able to do. I can throw confetti and celebrate even when I'm grieving what I've lost. And you can too. So if you want to track your victories and celebrate the good and work hard on seeing it, because it is hard, but as you keep doing it, it gets easier and easier. And it's really awesome. So if you want to track it and you want to use the sheet that I made, if you go to livingthechronicillnesslife.com slash wildcards, you will find them there and you can print one off and you can put it in your power sheets or just use them. But friend, I hope that you fight to see the good. I pray that you throw confetti and that you remember that you can be joyful and sick. You can be broken and blessed. You can grieve and be grateful and you can throw confetti for his joy, even when it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. So my prayer for you today, friend, is that even if you can't personally throw confetti in the air because of physical limitations, that you will have people in your life who will throw it for you. And that you would feel God's goodness in your life and that everywhere you look, is full of goodness that is worth celebrating. We don't need physical confetti to do that. Even though I highly suggest it because it's way more fun. (laughs) So, I don't know if you can hear that, (laughs) but I just covered myself and my whole mic with confetti. So don't be afraid to celebrate. Celebrate all the tiny things. So today... I'm celebrating being here with you. And remember, go get some confetti poppers to keep on hand. I promise you'll need them. Friends, as our time here comes to an end, I want you to know that the resources don't stop here. At livingthechronicillnesslife.com, you can find blog posts, videos, the Grace and Goals interactive resource library, free downloads, and even these episodes right here to help you continue cultivating an intentional life right where you are, no matter how uncertain the season. Whether you're working to build an intentional life with your daily habits, planting a garden, setting goals, or simply resting well, you can 
and cultivate an intentional life. Head to livingthechronicillnesslife.com to access all of these resources, and I'll see you next week.